When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. This is episode 95. It's that time again when I lose my friends, go walk about. I've got the Brens from Pressure. I don't know, <laughs> nice. I just, just give it. Do you know what that is? I, 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 I love with you. I stopped listening to you after you sort of said a weird, like, when you said hello, you sort of <laughs> went like a weird, like, 1920s Fordville comedian at the end there, and that kind of distracted <laughs> me and made me laugh. Anyway, yeah, that line, if you can tell me what it is out there, you can win. You yes. won't win a prize, but just tell me what it is. No anyway. prizes at all. I am um, interminable with this introduction, uh, but I'm also <laughs> Lee Calvert, uh, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and over there the gentleman is... And I remain, in spite of everything, Josh Gardner of Rugby Show Watch. <laughs> he remains putting up with this shit. It's Josh Gardner. <laughs> you can get in touch with the pod. You can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud and Lee at bloodandmud.com and websites and all that stuff. And people get in touch with you. How, Josh? Tell them. Tell them now. Uh, there, there is at Josh Gardner. There's at Rugby Shirt Watch. Uh, and there is all of those things on Facebook and Twitter. Actually, don't add, add Josh Gardner on Facebook. I will not accept your friend request. Coming up uh, tonight... Yeah. We have tonight. You could listen to this in the morning. Don't I've said that. We're recording yeah. tonight. It's, it's coming up in tonight. this episode, yes. we have got some news as usual, a bit of a look at the weekend. We've got the latest installment of the loneliness of the long distance Malander. Very excited. Harry's answer phone special. Um we'll talk about the absolute chaos that is the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Oh god, don't even. And then we'll have a bit of shit good and whatever else tangent we choose to go on. But first, as always, we have a player spotted. Ooh. Ben MH got in touch via the Twitter direct message. New routine. He said... Hashtag DMs are open. DMs are open. Backdoor man, Ben. <laughs> he said, uh, hey, mate, more of a coach spotted than a player spotted, but I was in the Ooh. drinking den of Exeter Christmas Market and had to push past Rob Baxter to get a seat. The place was rammed, and he's not exactly a small or a quiet bloke. 
Uh, but the people of Exeter saw that he was just wanted a quick drink with his mates and unanimously decided to leave him in peace. Either Exeter is a deeply considerate place or Rob Baxter drinking his Devon, Devon mulled cider at the Christmas market is such a common event that no one cares anymore. Well, I mean, I wouldn't rule out either, to be honest. Or maybe a bit of both. No, or they were just so scared of... He said he's not a quiet bloke. He, he comes across as a quiet bloke to me, Rob Baxter. I don't know. Very that. much, but sort of... Quietly like, menacing, obviously. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't cross him, would you? And no. The way that he sets... In many ways, the way that he sets his team up with an almost limitless supply of horrible, massive bastards <laughs> indicates that he understands the darker arts of life. Yeah, he's nailed on for the England job, isn't he? Uh, I would imagine... Well, Even though there's this weird thing now thing, where Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's got a crossover signed. contract... Yeah, that which oh god, we can talk about that later. But yeah, or not. But it yeah, he's got to be the next guy shortly. But is he really going to want to wait for like another four and bit years? Yeah, and there's you know, there's all kinds of things can happen in that time. Well, fuck me. He could end up yeah. like Northampton. Well, exactly. Stranger things have happened. While we're on well, while we're on sort of strange things happening, an email from uh, Paddy on Twitter, Paddy King. He says, uh, Lee, watching the Munster, Munster versus the other team game, and as a Wasp fan, I am dejected by the result knocking us out of Europe. It's a similar deje- dejection I felt when England were knocked out of Euro 96, which itself was compounded by ITV using the nadir of Cass's contribution to 90s Britpop walk away in the closing montage. I mean, fair play. Whoever was in charge of that then earned yeah. their coin. Didn't they earn their coin, eh? It's like a fucking terrible episode of Catchphrase. Say what you see. <laughs> he said, it would really help me wallow if you could play Walk Away by Cast when, when you talk about Leicester, sorry, Munster, getting hammering Cast. So here you go, just for you, Paddy. Here we go. God, how did you do this to me? This is the best bit now. Oh, they were truly a terrible band. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They were bad Britpop bands. You know, they were bad Britpop bands that I will go to the fucking mat for. I'll go to the mat for the Blue Tones any day of the week. Yeah. However, fuck me. Yeah, but, cats. Josh, that's what they say, A, eh? what they say, what they say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough 90s football. No, not football. That's the other podcast. 90s uh, music oh, he's chat. I'm getting confused now. I'm getting confused now. Um, let's do some news, shall we? Can you think of any news that might have happened that was um, brought to your attention today? I mean, I don't know what possibly you could be talking about aside from, you know, there was, there was a little bit of news when I went. I, I popped out for a haircut this lunchtime, as I want to do. And. Uh, I came back and my phone had exploded with about 17,000 <laughs> fucking notification, notifications because Steve bloody Tandy. Steve Tandy's your James Haskell for me, yeah. Yeah, blatantly he is now. I, I came to that exact realisation when my phone blew up. It's like people now associate me with Tandy like they do you with Haskell. But I don't hate Steve Tandy. I just think he's not very good at his job. <laughs> well, the two aren't mutually exclusive, I think you'll find. But he's, uh, yeah, so he's gone. Osprey's managing director, Andrew Millward, said, this is not a decision that has been taken lightly. He then did well, not go on to say, but may have done, because I love Steve in a very real way as a man and as a friend and as a human voodoo doll for my own failure. <laughs> he didn't go I mean, on to say that, but, you know, there's something there's of that. definitely 
um, that element to it, I think. Um, like, just because, like, when you think about where the next axe is going to fall if things do not turn around, it's kind of like... And also, I I thought it was very telling in the uh, the pod in the um, the pod. No, they weren't on a podcast. <laughs> um, in the statement that they released, they made it clear that they wanted to get back to playing winning rugby that their fans and commercial partners expect. <laughs> oh yes, and I want, I, I've got no evidence for this at all, but I do know that it was so out of the blue that um, the squad were entirely unaware of it happening until it happened. Like there was no you information. Why, you think that's why they lost Clarity Copiers? Maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, I haven't heard much from them this season. Have you? No, I haven't. I think they've said fuck this game. They fucking not a chance. I'm not being associated with this steaming pile of shit no more. No, but um, yeah, I do wonder if maybe a few of the Ospreys' more high-profile sponsors went, "Hey, we're paying you a lot of fucking money to look like you're fucking capable of playing rugby here." So maybe, but it's interesting because. They haven't got rid of the rest of his coaching team. Oh, that was my next question of all the staff. Uh, uh, what's his case? Uh, forwards coach whose name um, is kind of vaguely... Oh, Alan Clark, uh, former Ulster forwards coach, uh, is in temporary charge. Um, he's an absolute bastard, apparently, so that'll go down well. Um, but they said, they reiterated that um, that Matt Sherratt from the Blues is still coming on next season as an attack coach. So whoever they get in to replace him, I kind of, like, it's weird. When you convince you, like, once when you want something to happen for so long and you've convinced yourself that it's never actually going to come to pass and then it kicks off, you're just left in a sort of weird sort of state of not really knowing what to think. And, like, it's good, obviously, but it's too late. Is anybody's money on anything? Way. On anyone? Well, um, there's talk of Philo Tia who's currently mm-hmm. coaching the Sunwolves. I was going to say, he's at Sunwolves, um, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, as obviously Ospreys through and through um, and beloved, which would get him a good couple of years of grace, if nothing else. Um, and this talk of Mike Ruddock, which is a, a very left-field one. Where's but he, he now? He was, la- he was last coaching at Mumbles last night. Absolutely no idea where he is now. He's probably behind me. Is he behind <laughs> me? Um, no. <laughs> you say Mike Ruddock's name three times into a webcam and he and appears. And he appears as a cat in between um, your curtains, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's almost like... Uh, like they've kind of done it six months too late because Webb and Bigger and Arhip have already been driven out by the whole Tandy situation. Do you genuinely believe think, they'd have stayed? Um, I think certainly somebody like Webb would have stayed. Bigger and Tandy apparently had a massive fucking bust-up last season, um, which is a big part of the reason why he did leave. I don't know about Webb, but I think Bigger probably would have stayed. Right. And... Yeah, long term, having somebody who isn't Steve Tandy in charge of like the big recruitment drive that we're apparently undertaking in the summer is probably a good thing. But like, have they got someone else lined up, or are they just fumbling in the dark because as Saints have proven, like just because a coach has run out of steam and ideas, like sacking him without a plan doesn't always make the situation better. Unless the Prince is just sacking a coach who's still got ideas well, yeah. doesn't help either. So you know, where'd you go? So yeah, we will watch yeah. this. We'll watch this space. It can't get any worse, can it? Surely. So. Well, I, I fucking hope not. Well, the weird well, thing has got he better. Sort of started, he yeah. still started turning around, which kind of made it all the more weird. But he I still guess... he still just stood there looking baffled, like a like a, yeah, like a sort not, of shit stone a... cold Steve Austin in a hat. It's didn't a he? great time to revisit all of the many faces of befuddlement and confusion that he took on. <laughs> 
camera, which every single needle, like literally, whoever, whichever needle editor went on PA today and was like, right, we need a photo of Steve Tandy looking depressed. Oh, brilliant. They're all <laughs> absolutely every single one of them. Yeah. So we'll see. So good good news, Ospreys fans, is it? No, that's no. Well, I certainly hope so. Speaking of new beginnings, I suppose, Bristol have yes. de- decided that signing Saturday is a thing. Should we yeah. address that first? I mean, I'm not a fan, but it is quite a baller move. <laughs> yeah, let's like, announce nine signings on one day. Be, uh, Were any of them baller signings, though? Kids. Well, the one that I think is... I mean, they're not fucking around, are they? No. Like, Harry Thacker is a very, very good and promising and done. And very, a very... He fits the Pat Lamb way of thinking, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he's a ball player. John Afoa, like imagine I how pleased John Afoa are to get him off his off their payroll. They could probably buy oh, eight players now. Delighted to get him off the payroll because he was like one of the he was the highest yeah, paid player in the, the Premiership yeah. at one point. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Like I honestly think like they they signed like seven props, which basically says we know this is going to be very different next season. <laughs> um, but they signed a lot of players with Premiership, like front rowers with Premiership experience, which has got to be a good thing. But the one that I think has gone under the radar a bit... I know you're going to say. Go on. It's John Muldoon. No, Ali Muldowney. Ah, uh, Ali Muldowney. Sorry, why did I say John Muldoon? Um, Same same club. Yes, but how much of a key figure... Like I remember us talking on this very podcast after the Pro 12 final that Connors won. He was glorious in that season when they won. Yeah, and it was like that distribution that he was doing... Mm. It's like popping up at second receiver. Madness. Yeah, and it was absolutely key to the way that Connacht played under Lamb, which was so exciting. And he's basically just gone, what? Okay, he's a couple of years older now, but I can just have him back and do... Because didn't he go to France? He was... Yes, he was somewhere. I can't remember where. I think, like, Bordeaux Begler, somewhere like that? He went somewhere, didn't he? Uh, he, Grenoble. Grenoble. Yeah, I knew he'd gone to France. That was it, yeah. Yeah. He qualifies for he qualifies for about four countries. Doesn't play for any of them. It's really odd. No, it is a strange one, isn't it? I don't know. He's got on in Grenoble, but I mean, and I'll be honest, I didn't know that much about him before that that, no. that no. season with no, But that one season, he was really was sparkling. And okay, he's a bit old now, but if he's got a little bit of that, like if nothing else, he can kind of teach the other locks what to do in that regard. Surely the only question they're asking in an interview when they're recruiting players is just, can you defend? <laughs> yeah, I mean that will be instantly a better essential requirements for the job. Can you yeah. defend? Please God, can you defend? No. <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, have, have you ever met John Thomas? <laughs> get out. Just get out. Where is he now? Is he still applying a trade somewhere? Just, I think he's kind of just he might even still be at Bristol for all I know. But I don't think he is. I doubt it. He was thrown in at the deep end and not a fair Pat way. Pat Lowne's going to empty in the spit buckets like Rocky at the beginning of Rocky 2. <laughs> Can't you think of anything tougher to say than oops? They probably say to him. No, he almost certainly will. <laughs> yeah, so what other news have we got? Um, well, the, what, what other news is there? Oh, I suppose when you think about it, there's been one of the silliest bits of news that I've heard in quite some time, which is that Wales are playing Scotland in November. It's a one-off, I isn't it? I fucking hate it. I'm just going to say that. It's a one-off thing. They're dressing it up in 
Doddy Weir stuff, which is lovely. Literally, they're all playing in tartan. Yes, they are. Multicoloured tartan, like one of Doddy Weir's funny suits. Good man. Um, no, they, they basically... They couldn't find somebody else of significant draw to fill that fourth international up this year, presumably because Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa are fucking bored of always having to, you know, flog themselves for an extra game. And I know that everybody needs money, and I know that it's, you know, the fourth autumn international basically pays for the central contract pot, pot in Wales, but like, it's just, oh, I hate it because it makes the Six Nations less special by having a another game against a Northern Hemisphere opponent there, and it makes the Autumn Internationals less interesting because we've already played Scotland this year. There's an element of a thin end of the wedge about this as well. <laughs> I think once you start going down this road, because Wales have already had that daft, what was it called? That game in May against England? Pre-World oh yeah, Cup. that one. That was shit, wasn't it? Was that the old mutual wealth? Something like that, yeah. Wank Cup they, they or something pretty, it was called? It was a glorified tour warm-up that oh. they dressed up in international colours. Yeah, so, you know, of course, nobody is in a situation where they're saying, I don't want you to raise money for Doddy Weir's charity. That's, of course, not... Yeah, that's basically exactly what I'm saying. But yeah. why, they couldn't yeah. have pig- why they couldn't have piggybacked on um, at well, one of the other you- games, it's just odd. Why not do it in the Six Nations if you want to make it about... That's another thing. Is it because there's yeah. too many cups in the Six Nations already? Because there's loads that we don't even mention, aren't there? They've all got some kind of cup attached to them, haven't they? Yeah, and Wales are not very big What's on the Wales... Them? What's the... What's Wales the- have- Wales have no like Wales have cups with like South Africa and Australia, but yeah, they don't because it's the any... Under Armour Cup, isn't it? That's why. Well, they don't have any other like cups with like any of the Northern Hemisphere opponents. Not like France, who've got one with fucking everybody, or Scotland love a cup as well. But like, what do you what Wales versus Ireland would be like? What the the international bowl of hatred or something yeah. like that? <laughs> the the abs the seething loathing cup. <laughs> um... <laughs> The you complete set of twats. Salva. The, the we fucking hate you too trophy. <laughs> yeah. No, the we... lack of sportsmanship. Yeah. No, the we fucking hate you even more shield. Yeah. What else news have we got then? We've got uh, Heinrich Brousseau has finally signed for Northampton. Yes. Which is uh, on a, on quite some time lag. Honestly, it's like the film. It's like the film Interstellar. He signed, but he yeah. was near a black hole when he did it. So it's actually taken six months. Yeah, he's been playing in Japan, but I imagine when he agreed to join in September, like things were looking a lot less end of the worldy at Franklin's Gardens. And uh, I mean, he would have been an amazing signing in two thousand and nine, wouldn't he, Heinrich Rousseau? But uh, he's thirty one now. I don't. I honestly still don't know if he's any good anymore. He'll do a yeah. job. He'll do a I job. I haven't seen him for ages. Um, yeah, Oliver, Oliver McGrath in touch on Twitter uh, mentioning this. He was in the shit, but I'll put it in there. He said, shit is Northampton changing their Twitter handle to Northampton with an umlaut oh, because Heinrich Brousseau has finally joined. Of course, Northampton just sounds God. like a sort of neo-Nazi Twitter account now, doesn't it? Yes, it massively does. You put an umlaut in something. <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you're, either, you're either 80s hair metal or Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you're not Spinal Tap. No, so that's one thing you definitely aren't. So just stop it. So yeah, so Northampton are looking to 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 plug the massive holes in their sinking ship by sticking Heinrich Brusso's head into one yes. of them and seeing how it goes. Tiny little Heinrich Brusso. <laughs> yeah, he did very well against the Lions in '09, though, didn't he? Yeah, it would have been an incredible signing in 2009. <laughs> yeah. like, he would never have come. He would never have come. He would be one of the best open sides in the world then. <laughs> As for now, um, yeah. 
Right, shall we move on to what we've learned this weekend? Yes, yes. Um, well, it's a little bit out of date now, but um, what I learned this week, certainly, um, Warren Gatland has definitely changed something. I'm just right. not entirely sure what. Wales squad, like, it's got Josh Adams, Steph yeah. Evans, James Davis, like, whether he either just doesn't give a fuck anymore, or if he's honestly changed his mindset and is now, like, picking a different kind of player. But he would not have picked those players 18 months ago, regardless of form. I don't believe James Davis is getting anywhere near a match day squad. Oh, I don't think way. any of them will. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is that he's at least sort of bringing them into the setup. Whereas, you know, if they weren't fucking six foot four and, you know, 18 stone, then, yeah, yeah they, they wouldn't have even got a look in. So it's, it's very odd. I very much like the look of Owen Watkin. We've As said this before, yes. but apart from the fact he fucking completely nosed up a try at the weekend, but uh, you've got to be there in the first place, haven't you? Well, exactly. We give, you know, he's a young lad. We'll give it to him. Out of that, I did learn this weekend that Ospreys never looked like winning that game at all. Oh, not I, even I, for I, like one, one... Not even for a second. One-tenth of one second. We're going to win that game. Not for like... But weirdly, I wrote this on Sun... I wrote this while the game was at the end of the game, and I said, but this could still (laughs) paper over the Tandy issues, and now he's got sacked. It just shows you, doesn't it? It didn't paper over them at all. Well, that's the thing. It's like... I mean, Morgan Power was on one on Saturday. He was his brilliantly magnificent, shithouse, brilliant, languid... Irritating, yeah, his little chip over the top for abundance. I mean, that was just even with his back basically to the try line was just <laughs> insouciant genius of the most despicable. And he's time. back in the French squad now, and he he's back where he belongs. Well, exactly. Although, although, uh, no, no fucking like. I knew that the Jack Brunel era would probably get fucking dark, <laughs> but I didn't expect it to go that quick. Baptist Serin, the the light of my life. <laughs> The elven, the one... pixie-haired, elfin-faced, beautiful, dancing pixie. Is yeah, him. I mean, we remember from his Italy days that Jack Brunel detests joy <laughs> and the concept <laughs> of it in any... But I didn't expect it to get this out of hand this quickly. But here we are. But here we are. Although I can just about handle it because he has at least swapped in with Morgan. Imagine yes. if both of them were in the same squad. Oh, God, it would be pornographic. I'll tell you what, it'd be, they'd have to put it on... One of them scrambled channels after 12 o'clock they in the have, 900s. Can you imagine 60 minutes. Which I've been told Power. about by somebody. Yes, don't know what you're talking about, never seen it. <laughs> um, can you imagine 60 minutes of Morgan Power being his sort of. Being Morgan Power. <laughs> you know, yeah, Morgan Power esque, just not really trying, just sort of just yeah. guiding the team around with just absolute relaxed fucking smoking jetans on the <laughs> sideline ease. And then 60 minutes comes on and you inject. The madcap wizardry of Baptiste Saran. Yeah, it. he wouldn't achieve He's anything, but he'd just be throwing loads of stupid passes and just yeah, make everybody happy. Cat flap offloads, you know, the lovely little. Oh god, it would be fucking absolutely magnificent. horrific and horrendously pointless crap. game. Totally pointless game management, infuriating decisions, everything. It'd be beautiful. And then here we go. Yeah, we've got fucking Maxime. Uh, you know, great. All respect to Maxime Machineau, but. Yeah. He's not going to do anything mental except maybe get sent off. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I'll take whatever comes now. Yeah. Um, what else have I learned for the weekend? Saracens have decided it's time to end this nonsense once and for all. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. BP Two months will... of nonsense is coming to an end, yeah, people. Enough Strap yourself shit. in. I mean, Northampton were also back to being Northampton again. It's like... 
Oh, they, they were, seven days ago they turned over Claremont at home. Let's not forget that. Oh, yeah, they were fucking terrible, and Saracens were just like, yeah, <laughs> this is. It was funny. But in... what were they back in this week? Northampton. They were oh, back what... in the nuclear lime green kit. Yes, they were. You you, you have know, said about this. Uh, why will it's nobody amazing. take me seriously? I mean, I take you shit well for giving bad news. For the first I mean, five was, minutes, yeah. Yeah, it was very funny, though. From the moment that um, Glasgow knocked Exeter out, just watching BT over the weekend as I did, there was just this increasing, like, desperation. Yeah, desperate fever and, pitch of horror. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck, cold, sweating no palms. Teams in the knockout stages. What will Hugo Monnier talk about? Exactly. It's like we've got this project that we need to cross promote through this. Fuck. <laughs> this wasn't part of the deal. We were supposed to buy Europe and buy the Premiership, and then England was supposed to win it every year. Fuck. <laughs> like they were just regularly interrupting games that had nothing to do with it, and like talking about where the Saracens were going to make the knockouts. So like, I was just, I didn't want to rag on BT's coverage because the Sky were exactly the yeah. same when they had the Prem. But it's, it's just, it was just funny and quite annoying, I'm not going to lie, to just be like... It was like the whole net, network went John Inverdale for the weekend. And it was like, oh, it was but let's talk about Saracens. <laughs> Constantly. Um, what did you think, learn? If they, if they, uh, what else have I learned? Um, I've learned that no fucker's going to want to play the Scarlets in the quarterfinals, even La Rochelle. And but it's I, at Parker Scarlets, isn't it? The last thing La Rochelle wanted to do is for, as a French team with a bit of flair, is go to fucking rainy Clenetley at the end of March and try to be flary. Like, because they can beat you with Harlem Globetrotters rugby, as they demonstrated with Bath last week. Flary is a great they... adjective, by the way. <laughs> flary is a great adjective. Flary, yeah. Look at you there being all flary. Flary. <laughs> <laughs> Coming over here with your flair. Um, but yeah, they can, as they showed on the weekend, they can also beat you with like set piece and defense and being oh. like resilient and hard. And it's like they have a huge deep squad. This is the Scarlet's big chance to make a dent in the tournament before the likes of Scott Williams and John Barkley and Tagburn leave at the end of the season. Tagburn was so good again. Oh God, he's so good, isn't he? Joe and Schmidt must be rubbing his hands together. It's the next almost bored. Like it's, it's, I kind of like in the same way that we got bored of putting Maruatoji in good mm, every week. That's true. Yeah. I'm quite bored of putting Ty Bird in there as well because it's like every week he is fucking excellent. While we're on this, I learned this weekend that the future is neither female nor orange. The future is neither not full of is not full of either of nuclear horror. The future is Scarlet versus La Rochelle. Oh, I mean, that is just based... In a depressing time, Scarlet's, that game is perhaps our only true hope for joy and deliverance. <laughs> I mean, you talk about things that should be on the Scramble channels. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. good. I mean, if it's not fucking down with rain, which, again, clinically in March, let's not yes. get ahead of ourselves. But if it's dry, that's, you know, that's porno rugby. Can't wait. Like, yeah, Glorious. I mean, I mean, Scarlets are just... Well, them and Leinster are just an absolute joy to watch. Yeah. Beautiful, 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 uh, beautiful. Yeah, and it's not... And they're not like... Saracens play good rugby when they feel yeah, like Yeah, but they it. don't make you... Depends who you are, I suppose, but for they me, don't they don't... You. No, no, they, they score They don't good do that thing that Scarlets do. And La Rochelle do, to be fair, when they yeah. play as well. 
Saracens score really good, like process-driven tries. If that makes any sense, like yeah, I admire from, it. I can't love it. It's all from it. the system. Yes. it's all about like it's all comes from like it's like watching American football. It's like yeah. it's all in the game plan. It's all I, from the pattern. I admire the tools. I yes. admire the technical ability. I Absolutely. can't love it. It's like no, it's Michael not... Bolton's voice. <laughs> I can admire it. I can appreciate it. It's you know, yes, but I exactly. can't love it. And that's the thing. You can't really like. You know, I'm a fucking Ospreys fan. Under no circumstances do I ever <laughs> enjoy heaping any kind of pleasure on the Scarlets and any kind of like enjoyment out of their winning stuff because I hate them. But some of their rugby genuinely just absolutely brings me joy and it's it, you know it's fucking cliche as shit but it does no, set it does, the heart yeah. race this is what you... we love the game for yeah, you if you're not that... if you're not watching the game for that why are you watching the game that try that they scored last week that sort of started in their own 22 yeah. with Patchell like that's just like... likewise the two Glasgow tries if you're not oh, watching the game hell, for that then what are you watching not. the game for yeah yeah, it's just it's, it's that sort of thing that makes anything that makes you do an involuntary shout <laughs> Indeed, yeah. is is all right with me. Like if you can be alone at home watching a game of rugby and you sort of have no choice but to exclaim something <laughs> joyfully. Yeah. That's or a random uh, noise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> just make a yeah, make a really unfortunate noise <laughs> yeah. that would be embarrassing if anyone was in the room. Yeah. yeah. Type thing. You know, mm. while we, you know, we have already talked about it, but I'll, I'll mention it again. Uh, this team cast they battered Leicester last week, and then Munster did that to them. They were disgraceful. It tells they? you nothing about cast, and I'm not sure it tells me about Le- Leicester either. I mean, we already know about Munster; they're fucking solid, but we don't. I tell you what, it tells me about cast. It tells me that cast are just fucking. They're a disgrace. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Because are we on the, the band th- still? Or are you on the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was possible that my distaste for the band is colouring my opinion of the team as well. However, it's, it's like Pavlog's dog. I just keep playing cast every time we mention it, and it, you'll hate them eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going to be far away because you look at them, the way they basically they conceded a try and they gave up. <laughs> they were like, Lads. they really can't be bothered, can they? Yeah, not into it. And I oh, just cannot... I cannot be doing with that shit. It's not... Like, credit to all the teams that were out of it this weekend that actually fucking did turn up and actually made a go of it. Like, mm. Treviso couldn't have been more out of it yeah. and still gave it a fucking college try against Bath, scored a couple of nice tries, got battered, but, you know, they tried. You know, it Wasps and Ulster went on it fucking hammer and tongs, even though, you know... It wasn't a good game, but they gave it some, didn't they? No, they gave it some, and they tried to play in, in terrible fucking conditions. And, and, yeah, you know, it's not... You know, even Leicester tried. They didn't try very well, but they tried. I've got absolutely no time for teams that just 
basically just go, we're not up for this this week, lads. Let's not fucking bother. Because that's just not rugby for me. Speaking of Leinster, they're just kind of trolling now. They're playing like Jameson Gibson Park away at Montpellier and still winning. Yeah, I, know. I mean, that's just a fucking disgrace. That's just a t- They are literally just taking the pets now. Yeah, it's like, who who can we beat you with this week? What, what fucking fetus <laughs> can we pull up and play in the back row that all of a sudden looks world-class? Amazing. Yeah. Um, what else have we learned this weekend? See what I learned this weekend. What did you learn? Stats can be very irritating. Do you know? Uh, yes. Have you seen that thing that's been doing the rounds that everyone's talking about? That that stats from the Times about playing time. Have you seen that? No, I don't think I did actually. It's all about. I'm not really sure what the it doesn't say anything. It's just stats that says that basically all the English lions have played shit loads more minutes than all the Irish Lions have. Because, basically, the Irish teams keep all of their top players powder dry for the European European games or probably bigger games. Now, loads of people are drawing what I can only describe as hideously false and fucking stupid conclusions from this. I'm a big... Those are my favourite kind of conclusions, if I'm honest. So, yeah. Oh, well, it's because the Pro 14 doesn't have relegation, so they can do that. Whereas in the Premiership, that has got relegation and you're constantly having to fight for your place in the league. Now, you see, I'd stand by that, right? Except, how many teams in the Aviva Premiership are realistically going down? Well, one. But I mean, really, at at the most, three. Yeah. So, actually... The only have any excuse for worrying about that are Saints... Yeah, Worcester, Saints are the spanner in the worst this season. And actually, Courtney yeah. Laws is the top of the league, played shitloads this season. Because obviously Saints just think, we have to just keep putting our best team out and see if we can turn yeah. this around. Desperately got to, yeah. And that's that's the problem that they're having. But the likes of Exeter could fucking play a shithole of a team away at London Irish and nobody yeah. wouldn't matter. Well, shithole sounds terrible. But their second team would be absolutely yeah. fine. So actually, it's not the re- relegation is not a possibility for 75% of the players of the teams in the Aviva Premiership. So actually, they're making a choice just to play all these players every week. Saracens have got a big enough squad not to expose yeah. all the oh, players all the time. Oh, they've got a huge squad, haven't Loads they? Loads of them you have. Know? It doesn't make any difference at all, and there's enough shit you can go out and play to just play. So it's somehow shown that the Pro... Again, it's the way it's been interpreted by some people is that once again, the Pro 14 has it easy, and maybe on some levels it does have it a bit easy because there are easier games, perhaps. But And they're saying, oh, but well, the IRFU... IRFU basically tell these teams not to play these players. It's like, well, yeah, yeah but that's nothing stopping the coach <laughs> of Exeter or Wasps yeah. or anybody else from going, actually, we're going here. I think we'll probably get a result anyway. I'll just swap a few players in and out. That's why you have yeah. a squad. And you look at, you know, the fact that they... they so IR, the IRFU are doing a better job at keeping their players fit than every fucking coach in the Vivia Premiership is what they're effectively yeah. saying. And also, like, if they forget that, like... The minute stats are skewed by the fact that the Pro 14 continues playing when the Premiership is on break or doing Anglo yeah. Welsh Cup bollocks or whatever. So, yeah, as a percentage of game time, you know, chances are that, like, when fucking Leinster go down to play the fucking Kings or go out to play Zebra in the middle of the fucking Autumn Internationals, yeah, it's not going to be a lot of Irish internationals in that team. No. But that's like. It just seems like it's another. It's just they another sort of an Anglo-centric way of explaining why it's not gone so well. It's like, well, yeah, but you had the choice yeah. not to play those players. It can't be our fault. It's Northampton could have else. said, we'll focus on the European Cup this year and just give people a rest, but they'd be even, even more shit. Who knows? But you know what I mean? 
choices can always be made and yeah, you all have it's, squads. It's, it's always got to be somewhat... It's, it's, it, it's this sort of mindset of not wanting to look at themselves and wanting to blame other people for somehow getting some sort of unfair advantage. It's exactly the same in all sports with hmm. British slash English teams, I guess, isn't it? But Perhaps. Anyway, what did you learn? I've, enough, I've ranted about that now for long enough. <laughs> Are you sure? Do you want another? No, note? no. I mean, I'm going to take a minute and you tell me what you've learned. Okay, well, what I've learned is that I do not envy refs at all. Like, this is not new. Uh, you know, this is not new information. But I watched six games. This I, I had a quiet weekend. I didn't have a lot on. And I sat down and I, I watched the full of or part of six games as a neutral this weekend. And one very much not as a neutral. <laughs> um, and I think that was it, Saracen's it was like, game, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh, in all but like, I think it was maybe one or two of them, I was just seeing the refs just applying certain laws just like massively and consistently and quite selectively. Like in the first half of the Glasgow Exeter game, for example, like Glasgow were totally dominant in the deck and Exeter were basically being allowed to hold on time and time again. And it kind of allowed Exeter to get a foothold in the game they didn't deserve at that point. And like, that's just a, a, one example, but like these weren't isolated incidents. The refs were just consistently inconsistent in their application of the law, and I just—it just reminded me, like, what a fucking impossible job they've got. Yeah, they can't all be terrible, can they? And no, they can't they all be can't. misunderstanding it. They're obviously just no, doing their best to like, apply they, it. They've—they've they've literally just got to focus on the things that they can have time to focus on, and like, if they apply the letter of every law. It kills games, and we moan at them for being fussy and overly officious. And then if they let stuff go in a Nigel Owens way and allow the game to flow, then they're hammered for just not enforcing the rules properly. It's like a horrible catch twenty-two. And like, I, I think, think if anybody can work in between that bandwidth, they're probably doing okay. But Nigel, I mean, Nigel was fucking mad- it was madness. He's, he's this he is playing his own game. Yeah, he's got his own like <laughs> he's got his own rulebook written in felt pen. He carries around with him basically. Well, that's the thing. He's basically just decided. He's looked at the rule book and gone, basically torn huge chunks of it out and just gone, don't need that. Yeah. And it, or he's just he's just replaced those pages with, uh, you know, jokes. Banter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I honestly, you'd think, look at the NFL. The NFL's got like seven referees on the field at any one time because that has a similar level of ridiculous technical yeah, things. Yeah, technical fr- infringement. Yeah. And. Oh, do we need that? You know, do we need more refs? Well, I suppose it's... Is it that big of a problem? It's not... Refereeing's not been that horrendous, has it? No. There's a, but it, it, was, it was a bit of a spate this weekend, but... Yeah. You don't want to be... But I, I do think... I mean, hockey has a few refs, doesn't it? Because the yes. ball moves so quickly and there's so much going on and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? But yeah, I, I don't envy it and you don't know where to go. I think I'm always wary of drawing conclusions based on only like a bad weekend because we tend to do that don't we but um as a sport yeah, I mean, not us, to, as a sport you know, we're always you know very well considered in our view thing isn't it but uh yeah so that's what i learned what was what did I, last thing i learned from the weekend will greenwood is not a well man <laughs> is he not did you not did you see him on friday um i i, I didn't see that game i heard tell that he was uh, eccentric at best honest to god he was i couldn't work out if he was drunk stoned on Zopiclone, or a, or a combination <laughs> of all three, he kept talking about football. He mentioned Stuart Pearce at some point. At some point, he did a high-pitched voice when he was telling a story. I've got no idea why. Oh he was kind God. of slur- and, he, and he would not shut up. Every he time, been- whoever he was with, I can't remember, was it McKenna or that? I can't remember. 
stopped talking. He just started talking. It was like, why is nobody in his ear saying, Will, shut up? <laughs> I mean, I've met Will Greenwood on a couple of occasions. He is a very, as the kids would say, extra human being. <laughs> no, and that he, is his he style. Does enjoy and I understand the sound that. of his own voice. However, Maybe he went to the dentist that afternoon. Honestly, I don't was, know. Yeah, there was like, something going on. He was still on. gassing air up the hilt or something. Yeah, he had loads I of gas and air and a couple of straighteners before the game. <laughs> and then, and honest, honestly, it was, it reminded me, I posted it actually. Do you remember, you, I don't know if you remember, in, in the 2007 World Cup when England beat France in the yeah. semi. And then yes, I think it was I, the, do, I do remember that. He was he was co-commentating the third place playoff thing. Or then, oh, was in the quarters of mm. I can't remember now. And then he was commentating the day after, and all he did in t- to this entire game not involving England was bang on and on and on about how brilliant England had been the night before. Now, this is slightly different, but it was the same kind of thing, just these completely irrelevant rantings all the time. Well, I mean, it does happen to commentators sometimes. They just they get to like some sort of weird like nirvana where they think that all of a sudden everything that's coming out of their mouth is hilarious. I reckon he was maybe speaking in tongues. I reckon he probably got to the end of the game and went, what happened then? Did the, did the spirit as the game As the game yeah. happened, yeah, it's just finished, Will. Did I say anything? Oh, yeah, you didn't stop. Did I? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you said some interesting <laughs> things. <laughs> I had the spirit of the Lord inside of myself type thing. Yeah, it was madness. So, I, I mean, I yeah, don't know how it worked. baggy trousers No, kind of he's way. so well-established, these. I don't know whether they literally, I don't know. Is, do they have a video just, session on a Monday? Yeah, like, is, you know? is it something where they maybe just thought, he's an old pro, he's fine, he doesn't need his notes. Maybe, should send, maybe they should send Bernard Jackman into him <laughs> and have like Wales Online yeah. filming it. Yeah. Right, the last thing I learned, actually, this is the last thing I learned, is that Die Young can laugh. What? No, I don't believe it. Yeah, he can laugh apparently. Nick Heath, uh, wonderful commentator, video content yes, creator, and all around top fella, um, asked him a question about how many injuries they've got. And he mm. had to ask his oppo, and then this really made Di amused. And this is the result of it. Listen to this. Oh. 12. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs the his way laugh. I imagine a sort of fat badger laughs. He's, his laugh is somewhere between like a 1970s working men's club comedian <laughs> yeah, and Gimli the Dwarf <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. It's the way he goes, ooh, at the end. He's probably because, ooh, ooh I've, I've not done that for. I, yeah. I, I've not done that for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes to show that you know when he when he does laugh, when something tickles him, he's he's delighted by it. He is. Right. Have you learned anything else? Or are we done? Um, no, I'm done. Right. Shall we move on to the loneliness of the long distance Malander? I think we definitely should. Actually, yeah. I'm, I've been worried about him. I, I don't am, know about well, you know, I went to speak to him the other week, and he wasn't doing well. Anyway, through contacts, I'd rather not disclose. I've managed to get hold of Harry's answer phone. And this is what oh, was God. on it. Are we ready? Oh, God. Has he responded yet? Well, have a listen to this. Harry, it's Dad. Um, just check in that you're okay. Um, give me a call if, if you can. Harry, it's your dad on again. Um, I know you're busy. I just wanted to, to let you know there's been an absolute 
not getting any better for him is it no i mean there is like there's something that i can't help but find delightful about the way he says homes under the hammer i'm not going <laughs> to deny but uh, it's obviously just i just wish harry would give him a ring back it's just yeah. you know i'm sure that's all he wants honestly it's, it's just it's sad to see families break apart what can like you this, do isn't it and i don't know what the problem is and maybe harry thinks that the, the stench of failure he can't stand too close to it i don't know I don't know. No, I mean we we can all relate to that on some level, but God. <laughs> right, that was I a long. Okay. I hope he's okay. I genuinely hope he's all right. You know, Harry, please call your dad back if you're listening. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Anyway, shall we move on to, speaking of depressing, shall we move on oh, to um, the Cuthbert Police on Cup? I... Have we got some sort of funereal music that we can run <laughs> um, in a bit? <laughs> no. No. Oh, well. Well, uh, uh, yes. So, CPC, for fuck's sake. R.I.P. CPC. That's how, that's why I've subtitled this on my notes. Hashtag <laughs> R.I.P. CPC. So, what, what options do we actually have now? Uh, yes, so in case anybody wasn't paying attention, yeah. somehow Krasnyar conspired to fucking lose the London Irish in Tbilisi on Saturday lunchtime. 
And so the Cuthbert Plutonium Cup has been sent into the Siberian wastes, possibly never to return. So, yeah. yeah. What do we do? Well, there's been a number of suggestions, far Mm. too many suggestions, actually, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your input. But honestly, my head is mashed. We have um... many hundreds of votes in my poll for who... Well, the fact remains, we need a new trophy. Like I think we've agreed here that we can't... We can't follow the CPC around the Russian League. Well, I think we We should leave the CPC there and occasionally dip in and see if we can find something out. I mean, basically, I think we... Yeah, it's not the end of the CPC. We'll keep an eye on things as much as we can in the hope that one day it can return. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewrite the page on the bloodandmud.com website now, bloodandmud.com slash CPC, which explains it, and now it's just fucking finished. What a waste of my time that was. Imagine the Cuthbert Police on Cup. It's like a government in exile. Like, that is a good way of looking at it. Like when the Republican Spanish government was still yeah. existing in yeah. like France until yeah. 1990 like, or yeah. something. It's like a government. One day they'll return and take their rightful place back in charge. But until then, we need somebody. Uh, I just realised that I've just compared whatever we're going to replace the CPC with with Vichy, with Vichy France, and now it's a little bit yeah, or weird. Fran- but... Or Francisco Franco Spain. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? That's not but the, anything, yeah. we need, That's not the yeah, look we, I'm going for, but yeah. <laughs> we need, uh, hey, this. if there's one thing this podcast needs, it's a bit more fucking fascism. To it is, yes. To balance out the pinky yeah. lefto, snowflakey <laughs> attitudes that we normally purvey. <clears throat> right, so we're leaving the CPC there. We've, we've agreed with that. It, it isn't dead, but we're going to struggle to find it. Yeah, it's just going to be, the, they haven't even got a Twitter. Like Michael they've Barrymore's got, career. Not on Ultimate Rugby. It's it's kind yeah, of... We'll figure it out. Yeah. Somebody well, out there figure it out. Come on. Somebody yeah, out there must, must wanna, know a bit of... If you want to keep us updated every week of where the CPC technically yeah. is... If Josh can remember the login details, they'll give them to you and everything. Yes. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I, I, I'll level with you. That Twitter account has got several hundred followers now. I'm not ready to let it go yet. Yeah. I think we'll just change the fucking name. Um so, however, yes, we need, like Karate Kid 2, we need a new trophy and a new challenger. Breakdowns 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> CPC 2. Excellent. Electric Boogaloo. Should we just call it CPC Shane 2? Shane Garrity does a poo. <laughs> In fact, this episode should be called CPC 2, Electric Boogaloo. I'm going to write that down. Immediately, yes. Um, so, we, we, I put on the, uh, the CPC, I'm just going to get the, uh, the CPC Twitter feed up. And, uh, and I, I basically said, who do you think should uh, should be in the holder in the of seat. whatever the yes. hell we call this new thing? And uh, I put it out there. There was there was four options. There was the Southern Kings. Mm-hmm. There was Oyana. Yeah. Uh, and there was London Irish. And then there was other. Tweet uh-huh. your results. I love uh-huh. you. We had a lot of write-ins for Northampton. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I mean, and we have quite a lot of write-ins for Leicester as well. I think that might, you know, in the same way that we sometimes make snap judgments on the basis of one weekend, I feel like that's that. Somebody's just totally... (laughs) I've had enough of this. Have the shittest trophy going, you bastards. Yeah. Quite a few people suggested that we gave it to the reigning European champion. That was it, and let it work its way down. Let it work its way down, which is an interesting idea. Like a fairground bagatelle. Yeah, or people suggested that we gave it to Bristol when they came up. But I think, again, that's just a little bit. Yeah, somebody said it should be the Kings. Oh, it was um, uh, Callum. 
on Twitter said mm. it's it should be the Callum Gillen. He said it should be the t- should be the Southern Kings, but we shouldn't start it till next year. Give them a chance to sort themselves out. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got to do a new spreadsheet fair, now as well. Life ain't fair. No. So, where have we arrived at? Well, the the the, the overwhelming winner of that vote was. Uh, was the Kings. And right. I mean, they've lost, they've played 13, lost 13 this season. That is impressive. And that is a true, that is a true basis of the shit watch that we started with, which was basically exactly. not winning for like a year. Because it's getting us back to where, you know, Oya and I have only won one game in the yeah. league this season. We're getting back getting... to simple, basic, yeah. Christian first, shit watch values. Prin- yeah, first principle shit watch. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, Fundamentalist shit watch. <laughs> the only thing that's left is to decide what we're going to call it. Because right. I mean, if we can't call it the Cuspin Police on Cup, that's in Russia now. Now, I'll level with you. I'd like something a little bit more timeless than player name, player name. Somebody did suggest but... a lacy yar bowl. Because <laughs> it kind of, you know, pulls in what where it is. It and does pull and everything so... in, yeah. I but, did like uh... that one. I do. I feel like it should be like a shield or a plate. Yes, because or a, yeah, you know, that's what shit teams. Because it's get. kind of naff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I should bring bombard us with your suggestions for funny names for this trophy. So it's going but, to the kings. Uh, it's going to the kings. That was what the, That was one decision we made. We can't make two yeah. decisions this big in one week. So it'll go to the kings, and we want name nominations from all of you at Blood and Mud, at Josh Gardner, at CPC, wherever. Yeah. All of us. I don't care. We want them in and we want them now. And we'd, we'd rather make it so that if some player comes back into form, we don't feel terrible about it. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that's kind of... I know that you don't care, but I felt bad about Alex Cusper for quite some time for calling this fucking trophy after him. Snowflake. He was trying his best, bless him. And especially when it, it, you can see Listen his to the words you're using about him. I know. That's even you, worse. I think you'd you rather have hate like, than pity. When you can see his soul being crushed in real time every time he went onto the field. I just felt in, bad super, about in HD super slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to enjoy someone's heartbreaking. I don't, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. I've just watched Alex Cuthbert's soul splinter into a thousand pieces on my new Ultra HD television. Well, uh, and what better way to enjoy it? It was it was like saw it was like saw nine. Yeah, four K soul crushing. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Let's play a game, Alex. Yeah. So that's where we're up to with it. It's going to Southern Kings. Yes. Give us a name. There's yes. been a few name uh, suggestions already. One, I know please, that. But we'll... I've been thinking. I've been trying to think of one all weekend, and I'm coming. I'll be honest. I've not been empty. trying to think of one because you know Fair why on. do we have you lot out there if you don't help us out with stuff like this? Because it wasn't a, a listener that named it last time. So, shall we move on to shit good? Let's definitely do that. Do you want to go good? I'll always leave this one up to you. Do you want? I can, you know, I can see the floor oh, to your good like self. To start with, I always like to start with shit and then finish on a high, you know. Okie doke. So, hit me with your rhythm shit. <laughs> I just literally thought of that just then. Uh, literally just tickled me more than I thought possible. Okay, uh, first shit is Rob Howley taking credit for the Scarlet's playing style in the paper this weekend, <laughs> which is stretching the boundaries of credibility, sense, and indeed reality. I reckon this is a kidnapper's ransom. We won't give you your wife back until you, unless you go on telly and say the Scarlet. So you... The brass neck of him saying that the reason the Scarlet's playing as good rugby is because they told them to work on the handling of their type 5 forwards in 2016. Come on. 
Come off it, Rob. Come on, Rob. Honestly. I know you're not getting a Wales job, but please. This yeah. is beneath all of us. What else have we got that's shit? Uh, Robbie Owen got in touch with us. He said, shit is the Osprey's firing Steve Tandy the moment I got my Tandy out tattoo done. <laughs> I was badly advised on your part, Robbie. I mean, Any more at shit? least wait until the end of the season, mate, you know? Any more shit from you? Uh, oh, yeah, loads of shit from Go. me, mate. Yeah. Um, Ponty fans, namely the small group of Ponty fans who are so embittered and pathetic that they paid their own money to go down to Parker Scarlet's on Saturday evening to cheer for Toulon and sing Ponty songs. You are joking. Was that a thing? Yeah, that, was that those idiots that. off Twitter that pop up, like, rowing with everyone? Almost certainly, yes. But no, <laughs> there was a small group of Ponty fans who paid to go to Scarlet's Toulon purely to sing Ole, 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 Ponty and cheer for Toulon because they hate regional rugby that much. Well, the other nearly 14,000 people who were there weren't too concerned about it, were they? No. Um, it, it's just It's just absurd, isn't it? Like... Honestly, lads, like, can you live in the now? Yeah, it was a, it was actually a very long time ago now. Like, I bet they most... voted Brexit. Those Ponty fans, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, I tell you what else is shit. Reese Priestland's luck. Is oh, shit. I know. Yeah, he's injured, isn't he? Oh, the poor fucker. I just feel terrible for him now. Somebody he's said on Twitter, the, imagine the horror that Gatlin may have to play Reese Patchell at ten. I know. The horror. I know. He's been trying so hard to avoid that for so <laughs> long, but I'm afraid he's just going to have to accept it. It's him or Big Gav, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> or he can call Dan Jones into the squad. That's another option. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. <laughs> Big Hungry Joe got in touch on Twitter. Thanks for getting in touch, at Blood and Mud. And he said, shit, is Leinster topping the group stages and ended up with Saracens? <laughs> Yeah, that's fucked up, isn't that's it? That's so I fucking unfortunate, that, but God, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we've basically run over fucking Europe like Napoleon, and now we're coming up against some kind of android army right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. This, is, this, this isn't supposed to be in our fucking time period. <laughs> you bastards. Um, other shits for me. Marcus Watson's hands. Jesus. For a seventh player, it was, it's unforgivable. I know it was raining and the weather was horrible yesterday, but he acted like he was involved in some sort of point-shaving scam in the first half. <laughs> so frequently did he find himself in space on the wing and would just literally just flap at the ball like some sort of Victorian lady-in-waiting being like having a you know seagull flying at her or something. It was just... That was a really weird metaphor I just used. Let's, let's just carry on. Exactly. Why? Why would you do Jiffy that? knows. Indeed. It was just like a number of times that you got the ball out wide and was a perfectly fine pass, and it just hit him in the hands and <laughs> fell on the floor. I've so had many a training session like that, but I'm not oh, a professional rugby there, player. But it's like <laughs> professional rugby. If it hits both your hands, you should be catching it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's wet. I know it's cold. I know it's shit. Seriously, though, professional rugby player. It has to, it has to be said, though. Olympic, sil Olympic silver medal. Yeah. I'm always amazed by how, in rugby union, is it, it is a particular thing, right? That they don't adjust, they don't adjust the passing style to suit the conditions. They still fizz super spinning balls straight at people, even <clears> when do. it's piss wet it's like, through. There's no sympathy on it at all. Gentle pop pass is no, all you need. I don't even like an end over end sort of like flick with a wrist pass. I don't even bother doing that. It's still spun, even from like two meters away. Yeah. It's because they're just so good at doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because they don't want to be like rugby league. I'm not fucking passing like that. 
I don't fucking. Well, no. I, 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 use an, I use an inside toilet. I'm not passing end over end. Perfectly sensible. It's like, why, why, like, why are you working so hard? <laughs> it's just why bizarre. are you fucking yeah. working so hard? Just pop it up. You, it's got to go six feet. You don't need to fucking torpedo the fucker. Joe Taring got in touch on Twitter <clears> and he said, "Shit, is the Stuart Barnes article arguing that a three-week ban for homophobic abuse for Bastro is excessive because one." Bastro could be game self, and two, Barnes, i.e. Alan Partridge, once likened a white player to a monkey, and that worked out okay. That was the entire oh. thrust of his argument. Oh. I don't want to get into this, because we'll we could still be here tomorrow morning, but it's... Um, no, I don't yeah. really want to get into it, as it, except to say, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just like, oh... When you file that, why does nobody go, fuck's sake, Stuart? No, I'm going to spike this immediately, and this is going <laughs> to get deleted from everyone's computers in case this ever gets out that this was written. Oh, yeah, so thank you, John. I think the other point you made as well is that, you know, you can't really stamp out homophobia, so there's not much point in rugby worrying about it, you know. <sighs> it's just that sort of thing just genuinely, genuinely makes me a bit sad. It does, it makes just, me depressed, because it says more... Much more about the people's yeah. faux debating it than it does about rugby as a wider thing. Yeah. But, oh, Shall we move me. on? Because I, yes. I, can't, I can't sum it up. Well, if I did sum it up, it'd never go back in the box, so let's just move on. Anything else shit from you? Um, well, there's only one thing that's shit, and I worry that I can't say this in case it just makes you go all red <laughs> and that is tackling oh. on every level not just the tackling in the Gloucester game that I saw you getting very oh. angry about on Twitter <laughs> but like it's not just the completion it's the tech like how is it in this world of ultra professionalization and players are getting worse at the basic act of tackling and the basic technique of tackling is so much worse like, how many times do you see a player getting his fucking head on the wrong side mm. and just and coming a cropper because they're just stupid? They're, they're, yeah. they're, it's bizarre. they're hurting themselves. And I don't understand how they can spend so much time practicing that. You know, we just talked about the fucking spin pass debacle. Mm. How, if they spent less time working on getting perfect fucking spirals for, for four foot passes. <laughs> I spent more time learning how to put their fucking head on. Also, ducking down as you go into a tackle. Players who drop their heads when they go into a tackle, and then of course you fucking catch someone's knee because you're not looking where your head is going. Oh, it drives me at the wall. Anyway. Yeah, it's. Um, I I don't want. I almost don't want to hear your thoughts on it because I feel like it would. Uh, I'm actually. I've just finished biting down on a biro. So, <laughs> I wondered why there was sort of blue <laughs> yeah. ink running it's down just, your face. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing on the training ground when you've got backs in particular. You were just getting it so wrong, so wrong. It's just... so very wrong. It's not, but it's like it's loose forwards as well. Some loose mm, forwards don't fucking tackle properly, and it's like it's everywhere, and it's oh, so silly. Well, it's interesting because it I think there's some. Evidence growing up, I think I've seen somewhere saying somewhere that mm. it's the tacklers who are getting more injured than the tacklee in this new concussion um, well, avoiding world. Yeah, and also there was some worrying sort of stuff coming out from the 
US, uh, some more major research into CTE and concussions. They're basically saying, oh... Is that CTE... the only worrying stuff come out of the US, coming out of the US, right? It's not. <laughs> However, yes. relevant to us specifically, yes. um, yeah, they're basically saying, oh, it's not concussions that lead to uh, CTE and all of the horrendous side effects that go with it. It is just... Just loads of repeated innocuous knocks to the head or around the head. That's much more likely to cause it. So even if you've never had a concussion and you've never displayed any concussive symptoms, if you've played a sport where you take lots of incidental glancing blows to the head (laughs) or head area... Well, that's um, me fucked. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little worrying. And they're basically saying, you know, if you were doing this between any kind of age, like if you ever played contact sport for more than about five minutes, you've you've had it. Potentially fucked yourself. So, all the, you know, those of us you who better sign your house over to your kids yeah. now, so you'd have to pay for your own care. Basically, yeah, is what yeah. saying. Just just hand over the power of attorney now and be done with it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, even those of us who fucking stopped playing full contact rugby when we were like, you know, sixteen, seventeen in school, like that's still potentially us fucked. So, ah, so people like me didn't stop to around about thirty, and I played yeah, rugby league as well. I've had it completely. Yeah, had no, it. You're up. Let's let's make the most of this podcast while we can. <laughs> In a few years, <laughs> I don't recognise you. Yeah, yeah. Imagine the tangents I'll go on then. Oh my god! Maybe, maybe this is all some sort of elaborate. I'll be just living exclusively power. in the '90s. What a wonderful way to live that will be. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Anyway. Maybe these are all early onset symptoms of our dementia. Maybe it is, is you know. That, yeah. Is our utter inability to fucking stick to an hour on this podcast. <laughs> and the utter inability to, you know, just let rugby be rugby. Yeah. Uh, right, anyway, last anyway. shit from Twitter was Colin McBride going to touch, and he said, shit was Ulster's away form, three away wins all season against Treviso, and a 42-35 clan performance against the Kings and Quinns in a blizzard. And it also includes twattings to Connacht, Larochelle, Leinster and Wasps, plus losing to Zebra. That is bad, isn't it? I'm quite as it was that bad. They are fucking shit, mind. They're a shamble. Peter Towers off to Bristol, isn't he? <laughs> that was that was that wasn't even in the, the signing. No, Saturday. that's already what done, yeah. It was, yeah. it's already done. I was watching Bristol um before Christmas with my mate who's a Bristol fan, and I was uh, very impressed with Jordan Williams, who's been fucking superb for Bristol this season. And I basically sort of, after he'd gone on yet another ridiculous Maisie run, um, was like, oh, what the fuck are you, like, how are you good luck replacing him next season when he goes to the Dragons? And he just turned to me and was like, I'm, I'm sure Charles Piatel will be all right, to be honest, mate. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. God, <laughs> this is, that's going to be fine. That's going to be absolutely fine. What have we got for good then? So I'll start with good. Yes. This quarter, this quarter final lineup of the European Cup, that'll do. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Claremont versus Racing, Leinster versus Saracens, Munster versus Toulon, Scarlets versus La Rochelle. It's just, it's what I want my European quarterfinals yeah. to be. Yes. everyone's there. Everybody's good. Like there are no bad teams in that thing. No. Any like most of those teams, I think, if they go on a run, they could probably win it. Yeah. And that's great. I'm not going to Bilbao. I desperately wanted to, but yes. you cannot get a hotel room anywhere. No. But my boss is going, who's not a big rugby fan, and keeps coming to me going, who do you can I expect to see in the final? I said, well, it's hard for me to say right now. 
What I will awesome. say is, Fuck is you. that two, yeah, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> what I will say is that two teams you'd want to see there is going to they're going to knock one of them's going to knock the other one out, which is Scarlet yeah. and La Rochelle. Yeah, I mean that is the only downside of this corner final is it is robbing us the final that we all wanted. Yes, but you know, but there I'll, you go. I'll live with a, I'll live with a. I could live with you know Leinster La Rochelle, could you? Yeah, or Leinster Scarlets, or yeah. I tell you what, I could live with Leinster Saracens and Leinster reduce them to an absolute bloody pulp. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Well, they're playing that next, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Can't wait. Oh, of course they are. That's, it's in uh, that's a shame. Uh, no, but uh, that that outcome could still happen. Yeah, I mean, that would still be funny. But it could I'd be like bits of Saracen like entrapped in the hedge at the RDS. Yeah. But they'll probably be there. I basically they? just want to see Maruitoji be sort of. Left, taken out of the stadium, clapping in a sort of <laughs> like shell shocked kind of manner, <laughs> limping. Yeah. Oh. Right. What anyway. else have we got? As good. Colin good. Slade. He was very good. Yes. Good player. Very good player. Yeah. Can, again, can I forgot about because he's at Poe. Yeah. And who can blame him? Who can blame I him? Mean, yeah. Conrad Smith is there as well. Which I mean, you forget that Conrad Smith is still. Speaking of things that like you forget exist. <laughs> In my good this week is bloody James Gaskell. Yes. Who he's basically an argument against object permanence because literally, unless I'm actually watching him play, I totally forget that he even exists. <laughs> but he's such a talented and intelligent, he's such a good all round lock. Yeah, he's Tick a good solid off. player. Yeah. Yeah. And like I know England is stacked with locks, but he's twenty seven. He's good in the loose. He's good in the tight. He's got really nice hands. He reads the game well. He's really fucking good. He isn't good. James Haskell. You know, all those things. He isn't James Haskell at all. No, he is good. You're right, yeah. Say who is good. I'm sorry. I apologise in advance for this. But Keith Earls. Yeah. He was having a very good season. He is. It's almost like... On the quiet. Well, not on the good. quiet. Just on the quiet on this pod because we, we don't talk about it much. But yeah, he's a... No, it's because it it's, you know goes against our rigorously you know rigid worldview, so we don't talk about it. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, other goods for me, <laughs> Wayne Barnes, namely, yes. come and ask me for a yellow again, you get one. It's probably my favourite thing he's ever done. Yes. More of it, please. The Scottish Rugby Blog also put that in for good. Yes, brilliant. He also Adam Reese threw in because he also said to Aaron, shouted to Aaron, Shing- Aaron Shingler, "Don't you dare on the deck." <laughs> <laughs> really added some drama. That is great. Don't you dare. What else we got us good off Twitter? Cy Clark got in touch. He said, good as the Irish squad is strong enough to omit Stuart McCloskey when I suspect he'd be selected for England or Wales. Joe Smith. Uh, fucking definitely would. Before I get on to the second point, Joe Schmidt really doesn't like him, does he? No. I mean, no, they're pretty stacked with centres, don't get me wrong. But he's yeah. always, there's always... I like him a lot, though. I do. But he, and he's, he's kind like of a... been... Oh, he's like a horrible little asshole, but he's brilliant. Well, he's big, but yeah, I know yeah. what I mean. He's a huge lump who's quick and yeah. has good hands. He's like, yeah, cracking play. bastards want from a fucking 12, <laughs> if not that. Well, they want Bundyaki. Yeah, well, he's sort of exactly the same, but... Well, yeah, but even before that, he wasn't really being picked. Schmidt has obviously seen something he don't like. It's the Eddie Jones-Don Armand thing. It is a bit, isn't it? Why are you it? picking yeah. Don Armand, Eddie? I fucking hate Don Armand. <laughs> Why, you Why do you just be honest? I fucking detest the cunt. I detest yeah. Don Armand and his stupid <laughs> fucking Zimbabwe X-Factor crooning voice. <laughs> um, um, other good to me, um, Willie LaRue. 
Like, he has genuinely, generally been fucking bobbins for much of his time. It started about a month ago, this, six weeks ago. He got a lot better. And he was, like, some of the lines that he was hitting and the general intelligence of his play and the fact that he's fucking rapid. Yeah. uh, He was excellent in that second Yeah, and he has been. He's been like this for a little while. What else have we got? Sean Flynn got in touch on Twitter. He said, good is I'm unlikely... What's very good is I'm unlikely to hear the fucking Tomahawk chop in Bill Bauer in May. Oh, what a shame. What, what a shame. shame. What a shame. What else have we got? That's good. Uh, Jamie Hurd got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Jamie. He said, good is Owen Watkins' tackle on Nick Abenden, plucking him out of the air like a small child. That was very funny. It was. But, uh... but then again, um, wasn't it Abenden who kind of prevented Watkins' try? He got underneath him and ripped the ball off him, didn't he? He did. Or am I it was... misremembering? But that's what I seem to think. But yeah. But he's a he's a he's a talent. He's little. He's, well, not little. Young Owen. He's a big lad, but he's a young lad. Yeah. <laughs> um, other good for me. Uh, you know, we just talked about him, but it's Hodge. Back to his ball snaffling, mm. hard hitting, tough carrying, clapping, super clapping self. Yes. Yeah, I know Duracell bunny Saints. self. Yeah, yeah, I know it was against Saints and they're a disgrace, but it's no coincidence that Sarri's looked like that when he looks like that. I don't think. <laughs> what else have we got? Last one from Twitter was Ross Waterhouse got in touch. Hello, Ross. He said, "Good is Jamie Gibson for Saints. He consistently puts in a top shift in spite of the shit show going on around him." <laughs> It is true, actually. He's it's one of the few people. respect to anybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really right, right in every huddle car, you come, lads, come on. Like, seriously. Come on, lads. It's almost like there was a lot of that going around the Ospreys, like, on Saturday afternoon, where there were a couple of players, Justin Tipperick being a key example, Hanno Dirksen was another one, where. Obviously, they were going to lose. And a lot of them, Alwyn Jones as well, a lot of those players weren't really up for it. But some of them were just like, fuck it, I know we're going to lose, but that doesn't stop me <laughs> fucking trying really hard. Yeah, lads, come on. Seriously, let's go. Have you got any more good? Um, the only other good that I've got is sort of a backhanded good. So, so is... not a good then, but go on. <laughs> well, it is good, actually, because it was the final round of the British and Irish Cup group stages this weekend. Oh, who could forget that, that? We could finally say goodbye to the regional premiership select <laughs> 15 teams. Who, of course, that... did coin the, by and large, how do you feel it's going? Going terribly. Terribly. Yeah. That's, actually, that's what started all that true, off. Because the Ospreys premiership select team have a game on the 9th of March that was rescheduled after a cancellation. But really, it's over. Like, unless the Ospreys surprise Nottingham, their final tally for this year, for the four teams, is play 24-1-2. And, and that's actually... They were actually much better than that last year, even though they were still shit last year. Like, I don't know what the solution is to bridging the gap in quality between Premiership and Regional Rugby, but this, holy fuck, was one of the worst experiments that Welsh Rugby has ever done. They're talking about an A-team now, aren't they? A-team league? And taking yeah, sort of development... We'll take a development away from the clubs who need to focus on just running a community club, basically. But yes, it's better than this shit. I like it. It's got to be. It's got to be. Oh, we didn't mention, just I want to mention very quickly, is the European Challenge Cup quarterfinal fixtures as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Connacht versus <laughs> Gloucester. That'll be a great game, I hope. Yeah, Edinburgh are playing Cardiff. That should be a reasonable match as well. Yeah. Newcastle are playing Breve. Me. That'll be a, a very unentertaining game of shithousery, I would imagine. And Poe versus Stade Francais. 
Who knows? Yeah. When it comes to all French. Shoulder shrugs don't work in an audio format. You know that, don't you? <laughs> he just shrugged <laughs> his shoulders there, people. <laughs> but I see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from. <laughs> Great radio. Whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it does, it does inspire that kind of reaction. So, fair enough. Yes. Is that us? Maybe I need to maybe I need to make a noise to go with my yeah. shrug. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Is that us? So there we have it. That is us. Thank you very much for yet another week. Thank you everybody who's, who's joined in as per usual and who listens every week. Don't forget to subscribe mm-hmm. if you're new. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. You've left by now. Don't tell you to subscribe now. You're yeah. all gone. Yeah. If you I'll haven't subscribed by now, you probably never will. Yeah, I'll speak Actually, to you. don't do that. Please subscribe. <laughs> Please subscribe, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we will see you all next week when it will be, I suppose, Six Nations it's, preview week, won't it? It's luck all rugby on this weekend. It's like Anglo-Welsh Cup. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. Six Nations preview, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to have to be, isn't it? So join us next week for the Six Nations Indeed. preview. <laughs> speak to yeah, you all soon. Look at that planning. I'll see you all oh, soon. God, we're all over it. Ta-da. So long. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network.